Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. I'm turning your attention to Jeremiah chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 13. Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to look at the prophet here, see what he has to say in verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Whose hope is in the Lord. And then he goes on. He says he's going to be like a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. Shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the, dr- in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I know this, I want to grow, I want to be consistent, and I don't want to dry out in tough times. Uh Uh-huh. Matthew 13. Now you know me enough to know that I do not typically tie texts like this. But I do want to take you to the New Testament from the Old Testament prophet. I believe that the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as moved by the Holy Ghost. That's what the Word says. And it was a precursor. I know we say Old Testament, New Testament, but really it's First Testament, Second Testament. It's continuous. The Old Testament is necessary. Amen. It is the infallible Word of God. And when that Word became flesh, it dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that Word spoke here in Matthew 13, and He's telling a parable. It's recorded in the synoptics, and I would like for us to look at it briefly. It is the parable of the sower. And for anyone who's a little bit newer to text, this is not a sower like cloth material. This is a sower like seed, casting seed. Pulled out of my house, what would it have been? Yesterday, I believe it was yesterday morning, early, headed here for prayer at 8 a.m. prayer. And uh, there was a piece of farming equipment that took up both sides of the road. And when a vehicle would come, it would have to go all the way over off the road. It didn't matter whose property it was. And give this vehicle just a little bit. I sat behind that thinking, man, that thing could just run right over that car. This is not the kind of equipment that was being utilized here. (laughs) This is somebody sowing by hand, and they would reap by hand and with the beast. But verse 4, when he sowed, some of those seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air devoured them, picked them up. Some fell them upon that stony place where they had not much earth, and forthwith that they sprung up 
because there had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. They looked good, but they were a shooting star, as it were. They, they just didn't last very long. Verse 7, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and they choked them, and other fell, thankfully, on good ground, and brought forth fruit, some hundred fold, some sixty, some thirty. Look over at verse 20, if you will. He that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word. He heareth, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not, not root in himself. Endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. I want to I preach to you about a symbol of resilience today. A symbol of resilience. Throw your hands towards heaven. Would you pray? I'm going to turn my microphone off. I'm going to ask you to really lift your voice and pray right now that God would speak. I, I feel a burden to preach this this morning. I want you to really lift your voice as loud as you can. Call on the name. Come on, that's it. Let the prayers of the saints fill this house right now. Oh, God. God bless you. You may be seated here today. It started as a tree in the form of any other, a seedling that had found its landing. And it began to grow and begin to develop, and it was somewhere around 1900 when it was actually planted. Early memories of it would be the backyard of a home. There on a homestead in this particular plot of ground, seemingly insignificant of any other tree that had been planted. It looked not much different of any tree of its particular species in this city or the county or the state as a whole. This particular tree seemed to be any other tree. Well, as time and life and commerce went on, this tree found its way to be the only tree in a particular parking lot there at the Makura building. It was this one sole singular tree that throughout the spring as the buds begin to turn to leaves again and those, those shallow and empty branches turned into life and that life became recognized that all through the earlier parts of the year and on into the deep fall, this tree would be the only shade that was located in this particular lot. While some saw it as an eyesore and figured that if they would cut it down, it would yield two or three more parking spaces. Others relished the reality to come to work early simply so that they could find their parking spot under this tree. 
They would come and allow the branches that now this extremely mature tree would afford their vehicle and while others would walk to their car at the end of the day in a sun-baked sun, they would walk to find their cars neatly nestled under this particular tree. Yet still this tree had no great significance to anyone outside of that handful who would drive early to find their lodging under its branches in the canopy of its leaves which were provided. No one outside of that work talked about this tree. In fact, no one else in the city probably ever took a second thought. It was just another tree among so many trees. That is until that dreadful day. Not when the plan had been devised nor the plan had been started, but when the plan had been executed. And in the city of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, we watch one of the most terrifying and devastating terrorist attacks to ever take place on American soil. While this truck that had been filled with explosives from individuals right here within North America, they drive to downtown and they allow that that truck full of explosives to go off. And I, I will not honor the devastation nor give great credit to the individuals who put that plan together. Rather, today I would like to focus on a tree. It was this tree, you'll see the picture here, that after the bombs have gone off, you can see its handful of branches which remain and the fragments of its leaves which stand assured. It was not the intent for this picture, but rather the building and its devastation with the floors collapsed and the tragedy before one's eyes. Beyond the vehicles and beyond the rubble is the reality of what was, yet firmly fastened in the foreground of the exposure is in fact a tree. And on the next slide you will see that as this tree is captured, we get an aerial view of where everything else was destroyed. Oh, it looked wrecked. In fact, those that began the investigation of the explosion that day and they began to look at the debris of cars, they found themselves around the tree while many of its leaves and its branches had been cracked and broken. The tree, it stood, yet fragments and shards of metal and even pieces of igniters were lodged into the root or the, the trunk of the tree. The examiners begin to devise a plan. We need to cut this tree down so that we can extrapolate and pull from this particular trunk everything that has been lodged, all the evidence that can and will be gathered. But there was uh, something that began to arise in a few of the people. If it made it through the explosion, it deserves a fighting chance to stay. So they pull pieces from the trunk. They begin to move the pieces in the debris around and it very certainly did not look like the beautiful tree that had been sitting there only one day before. Had you shown up only one day before, the previous picture would have been a fully intact and erect building that looked beautiful from the exterior. The tree would have been full of leaves. There would have been no hint of a reality just looming on the horizon. But we never know what's just on the horizon. 
And so with their particular plan in place, they begin to execute their own initiative to save and salvage this tree. And those botanists and those who worked tirelessly around this effort, they decided that if it could make it, this tree would mean a significant statement for the city of Oklahoma, a city not only for them, but also for the United States of America as a whole. And so if you would go there today, this next slide will show you my first experience with this particular tree that has now been turned into a monument. Standing there at that tree was my first experience with its story and with its history when we hosted North American Youth Congress only a handful of years ago in that particular city. And as I stood at the tree and I began to read its monument and I realized that it was started as a tree in a backyard and I become really entrenched with the significance of it all, I have found that to the city of Oklahoma City, this particular tree is considered a symbol of resilience. When everything around folded, this tree said, I will not. However, you know and I know alike that this tree did not remain intact because of what was on the surface. This tree did not stay standing because of the beauty of its leaves nor the, nor the durability of its trunk. But everything that is visible is made possible by what is not. Everything that holds resilience is only afforded by that which the eye cannot see. Oh, I feel something right now. In every tree, there is the reality for a couple types of roots to be there. There are first and foremost the shallow roots hovering somewhere within the first 8 to 14 inches of soil. These are known as the feeder roots. These are the roots that gather nutrients from the soil. When the rain comes, it doesn't have to get very far until the feeder roots begin to suck it in and pull it into the tree. It's, lo it's located in Scripture. We know that there is a very important process that's taking place as the roots are pulling nourishment into whether whether it be a shrub or whether it be a flower or in this case a tree, those feeder roots are literally pulling the oxygen and they're pulling the water and they're pulling the, uh, all the nutrients and they're bringing it internal because if you want a healthy external, you need a healthy internal. Secondarily, there are those very critical and supporting or sustaining roots that drive deep. They go deep as far as they possibly can. And if they incur a rock or a deep boulder, they, in the infinity of God's wisdom, in that infinite wisdom, He has so designed them as a living being, Brother Barkus, that those roots will find a hard place. If they cannot navigate through, they will navigate around. Sometimes the very boulder that was meant to impede their growth becomes the strength of their structure as they become a strong place in a dark place. Mm. And there stands that tree with roots that are going out to gather nourishment and gather nutrients and roots that are going deep enough that when the winds blow, I'm still standing. And when the rains come, I'm still standing. Can I tell you this? Trees were not designed to withstand bombs. But when the roots are deep enough, when the roots are strong enough, 
whether it came from God or whether it came from man, if the roots are deep enough and if the roots are wide enough and if the roots are strong enough, Oh, you know where I'm going. I'm preaching to somebody in this room right now. It is not the will of God that anything introduced to your life would have the ability to destroy you. I need somebody to help me right now that would square your shoulders and say, I refuse to let this situation defeat me. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to take, take my lesson from a tree. If the tree can do it, I can do it. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. How are you still standing? Because my trust is in the Lord. My trust is, my hope is in the Lord. Yeah, but I know that they died. Yeah, but my trust is in the Lord. Yeah, but I know you got a cancer dying. Yeah, but my trust is in the... How can you worship like that? Because my trust is not in cancer and my trust is not in the doctor and my hope is not in this world. My trust is in the Lord and I find my hope in Him. What did the prophet say? The prophet said you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Everybody else is drying up and turning into a tumbleweed. Not you. You'll be firmly fastened there. I wish we'd just praise God for a minute. Just praise God. Woo! You are the symbol of resilience. Turn to somebody. Find them, whether they're seated or standing, and tell them, you are meant to be a symbol of resilience. Find somebody else. Tell them, you're meant to be a symbol of resilience. Brother Rodenbush, it does my heart so good to see you today. I know you've battled sickness. I look at you, I see a symbol of resilience. It hasn't been easy, Elder. It hasn't been easy. But here you are in the house. Going to do that missions conference. I want everybody to be here Wednesday night. I want everybody to be here Wednesday night. We're going to do a panel with these missionaries. You don't want to miss Wednesday night. Wasn't always easy on the field, was it? I can't imagine how many calls you took from missionaries were at their last point, at that breaking point, and you had to encourage them, let, the, let those roots dig in a little bit. Let those roots stop thinking about home. Stop longing for home and remember that this is home. This is where God called you. This is where... That tree... That tree would have been no good, Brother Titus, if it would have spent every living day wishing it could have been in a pasture somewhere else. The pasture might have been pretty for the birds of the air, but we needed a symbol to see when life goes wrong, God stays good. When life goes wrong... Can I be honest with you today? Life is not easy. Life goes wrong. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why the transition was hard for you. I don't know why the hurt happened to you. I don't know, but here's what I know. He's good. He is good. And if you will trust in 
cup. You may be seated. Let's take this off, okay? I'm hot. Ah, but you don't understand. I do understand. You look like you got barren branches and you only got a handful of leaves left on you. And you look like you, you don't even look like much. But I'm telling you, when he looks at you, he sees a ripe, full, green leaf tree. He looks at you and reckon it's not about what's on the exterior, but there's something that's deep. There's something that is now, it's still pushing. The bombs affected the surface. Not the, not the hidden places. And for every piece of fruit that hangs in the sunshine, there is a root curled up in the dark place. Right. I asked Brother Jordan. I said, Brother Jordan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does such a great job. If you haven't taken time to smell the roses, literally, you need to stop and smell the Petunias and I think he's got cabbages in there. I don't know what all's in there. I'm doing a terrible job what all's in there. But it's beautiful. That's why I'm not planting them. I don't even know what to call them. But I said, Brother Jordan, I, I said, do you have anything that is maybe suffering a little bit out there that you could help me just dig up? <laughs> he said, I got some I just transplanted. Don't even have tops on them yet. I said, what do you mean? He said, all there is is a root system. I said, oh, that's what I'm looking for. I put it off as long as I can. I didn't even want to ask you, Brother Jordan, because you worked so hard. I didn't even want to ask you to dig them up. Felt bad. I sat in my office, texted him at 9.57. I lamented it. I didn't want to do it. So I made Sister Brown do it. That's the truth. He came in. I told him what it was. He said, I got some. He said, ain't nothing but roots left. I said, you, you can do that? He said, oh, yeah, the top's cut off of it. He said, the top's cut off of it. He said, but those roots. He said, all the life's in those roots. Whew. Brother Jordan, there's no way that that should represent life. But it does. you got to be kidding me. There's no beauty in that. There's no beauty in that. But somebody with a green thumb says, let's love on it a little bit. Let's give it a little bit of time. Let's give it a little bit of patience. Back, 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 back off of it, back off. Don't get anything up. Don't, don't, don't get anything too tight to the root where the roots where they're gathering that oxygen. Some of those feet are just back up a little bit. Brother Jordan, that looks terrible. That looks terrible. Problem with somebody like Brother Jordan is he said, I can already see it though if you give me a few months. How many kids along the way? They look like that until there was a little bit of working around the roots and a little bit of... How many in this room you know? That's how you looked when you walked in here. 
That's about all you had to offer. And some of us, since we've been in the church, we don't want anybody to know. We put our hat on just right. We put our tie on just right. Got our suit just right. But if they could see the truth, that's about all we got left. But I come to tell somebody that right there is enough. That right there is enough. You put that in the right soil. You put the right... I tell you, the symbol of resilience is a man or woman of God that says, I find my root in him. I find my strength in him. I want you to throw your hands. Listen, when I, was at, when I taught young kids, I told them, let your tree branches grow. I'm about to make everybody in the room a big kid. I want you to let some branches grow out right now. I want you to lift up holy hands before the Lord. somebody to shout out loud let me grow again for some of you the most powerful thing you could do for the rest of your week if not your year in the middle of 2020 in spite of transition and hardship in spite of job loss you ought to lift your voice in the house of God and say let me grow again Seated. I'm a, I won't preach much longer. I picture Christ, this master storyteller that he was. He was the greatest that ever stepped in a sandal or put his foot onto a sandy shore. He was the greatest storyteller of all time. He told stories that had life interwoven through them. When he spoke, he spoke with life and death, for he himself was truth. You buy the truth and sell it not, and what the words of Christ are, not only audibly spoken, but Brother Coy, they were ultimately penned for our edification and for our salvific reasoning that we might employ Scripture and apply to our lives. And Christ, he stood in this opportunity of parable, and, and he began to teach this story as it were. And, and he looks over, and I, I see him glancing out and, and he takes he seems as though brother Anderson he pulls his stories from the hillsides he, he pulls his story from the, from the interwoven reality of living at the particular time and we ourselves sitting in the modern church in 2020 this modern Pentecostal experience which we so aptly enjoy on a regular basis brother Sleva the reality is that our roots they, they drive way way back even beyond the early and the turn of the last century but they, they drive way back past even the book of Acts and all the way back into our father Abraham. Most of us would not even know about Abraham if it wasn't for a catchy little Sunday school song. He had many sons. But with the power of history and the reality of Historical significance weighing in the future. Jesus looks out and sees that sower, that planter, that farmer as it were casting. And he begins to teach unto them a sower went out to sow. And as he talks through seeds and probably later after the first of the year we will even do a Wednesday series on the particular seed in the ground. But I felt so compelled to focus on this third portion this morning as the seed that would fall amongst the stony, stony, Stony place. 
For immediately it sprang up. But when the sun was out, it was scorched and it withered away for there was no root. Things that grow upright faster than roots can go downward are dangerous. The great anomaly here on our North American landscape would be the great redwoods of California where their roots only go about three foot deep while they stand so incredibly tall. But the difference with these redwoods is while most roots from a normal oak or a maple might drive down and outwards beyond even the drip line or the canopy, the particular redwoods, they only go down a few feet, but then they go out upwards of a mile. And those roots interlock with the roots of other redwoods. So when the winds begin to push on the redwoods, if you're going to take down one, you have to take down the whole forest. But for most of us, we don't allow ourselves close enough to other people outside of our immediate family. And even sometimes then it's a struggle. So we need to make sure that what we do is don't try to have an overnight success in God with no... No depth of earth. We do our best to grow and we grow with expedience and we stand so sure-footedly and we gather in and we do our part to come into the house. But all we need is one good offense. It was John Bevere who penned a particular work called The Bait of Satan some number of years ago, probably about 12, 13 years or so ago. He penned a book, The Bait of Satan, written about offense. And many scholars initially laughed at it, thinking you cannot fill an entire book with just offense. And yet it became one of the best sellers as they found that riddled throughout the pages of Scripture, it is offense time and time and time again that pulls people from the clutches of a graceful God. And I would speak to every Calvary Tabernacle member here to the best of my ability to articulate clearly, be beyond just your ears and deep into the recesses of your heart and mind you, offense will kill you. I'm not offended. Yeah, you might be if when you still hear their name, it sends shrills up your spine. I'm not offended. I just don't understand why it happened. Well, if you still think about it on a daily basis, if you can't get over it, then it is offense that is lurking. And the ploy of the enemy is to turn your question into confusion and your confusion into offense and your offense into obsolete attendance. It is very much a work of the enemy. It is something that as a pastor I find so importantly critical to enunciate to you and ask you to try to grasp it and pull it into your own vocabulary and understanding that you might recognize that offense is very real. The problem with offense is we're often offended when we talk about it. We typically never talk about offense unless we talk about it in an offended toad. Then our vocabulary and our body posture and our non-grammar our non actually tells on us. It is our, our non-verbal psychologists would call that tell us where we are and how we are. And our, our offense turns into passive aggressive behavior. And in sometimes based on our personality, it becomes outright deployable the way that we treat one another. And we might feel everything is right, but let one particular topic barely come up in conversation. Let one person's name come up and your entire demeanor will change. What's the will of God? I'll tell you what the will of God is. A will of God is that if a tree can withstand a bomb, his children can withstand a fence. Hair 
heresies according to Scripture. Heresies must come. Not just offenses that happen. People get hurt. Things get done inappropriately. There are decisions that are made that people do not understand. There are hurts that will occur in your family. Some, I'm speaking to somebody who in your family something has happened and it has been such a tragic trial in your family or in your home. And you got to forgive me because I know a lot of situations but I don't even know who I'm talking to right now or what I'm talking about. But I'm trying to, I feel like it's somebody I haven't even counseled with but I'm telling you right now you need to hear me. It is not the will of God for you to get offended. It is not the will of God for the devil to use this particular occasion to destroy your family or to destroy your home. Then what do we do, pastor? I'll tell you what we do. We get rooted. We get rooted. We get rooted in the gospel. We get rooted in the truth. We get rooted in the doctrine. You know how many situations I have to deal with where people ask that question? I've told you before. People just want to know, what's the truth? That's how I'll be able to handle it. I'll be able to process it. What is the truth? And I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, in any particular situation, there is always a multitude of what truths are. Truths are determined by POV or by that, by that perspective, that, that person's perspective and what truth is. And truth has a tendency in this world, especially in post-modernity, to be relative and whatever you make it to be. The only truth I can introduce to every person in this house, from the youngest to the oldest, the only truth you're ever going to find that is not going to waver and is not going to change is... <laughs> Hear me right now. Truth was a person before it was a principle. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. You ought to know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you have a right? Let me answer this question. You don't think I have a right to be offended? I think you have a right to be upset, but I don't think you have a right to go to hell. Yeah, but they should have done this. They're as human as you are. We don't account this to ourselves. When people make bad decisions or they make decisions we don't agree with, we never want to talk about the woman that's surrounded with a bunch of guys holding stones. The only person that gets to throw a rock is the only person who's never done anything wrong. Good luck with that. I'm going to be the first one to tell you. I might have the mic. I might be pastor. I've done a bunch of stuff wrong. <gasps> Brother House, I thought you, I know you thought, man, Pastor Carson's never done anything wrong. Yeah, right. Sometimes I can't even get my tie to match. Wife's got to help me out with one of those sweet looks. It's a smile, but it's kind of like, what were you thinking? Offense will kill you if you give it the opportunity. But I'm preaching to Calvary Tabernacle. Just to anybody who will hear me, you got to let that old, that worry, that confusion, that hurt. I'm talking to somebody right now. Whether you're listening online or whether you're sitting in here, you hear me right now. You got to let those quit, you got to let those questions out of your mind. You've got to quit trying to get resolve over that issue because it is stunting your growth. It's like you trying to get... I'm sorry, Brother Jordan. I'm sorry. I apologize. This is probably going to be unsalvageable when I'm done. Maybe not. But it's, it's like you laying something on it. 
I'm going to lay all my questions. Oh, if you think that bad, just wait. I'm going to lay all my questions on it. And I'm going to say, I don't know why it's not growing. I bet I would be growing if they would go ahead and confess what they did. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me right now. If she'd just tell the truth, if she'd just tell the truth, she'd just tell the truth. Some of y'all over here couldn't see it. I threw it up under this deal. Yeah, I did. I got Brother Golden's going to be mad at me. Brother Jordan's mad at me. Let's just get it all tucked up under here. Let's just get it yeah, right. Yep, 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 yep. Don't know why it's not growing. You don't know why you're not growing? You still talk about it every day. Hear the nervous clapper? Yeah. Clap so he don't think it's us. Clap. Clap. Clap so he's liable to think we're offended about something. I don't even know. And then we'll bury it while I get people mad at me, while I get the ladies mad at me for this stuff too. We'll put it under stuff. Let's just bury it. Let's put it up under here. Put it up under here. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't know why it's not If he preached better, I'd grow. Started all those ministries, but didn't start that one. If he started that one, I'd grow. Come on, I'm having fun, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a little surgery right now. I'm trying to. If you want to grow, address the problem. They're not the problem. He's certainly not the problem. I'm not saying you're the problem, but I'm saying. Get it, all the stuff you tried to cover it with. We won't talk about it, but I'll talk every day about where I got it hidden. Let me ask you a question. If I leave this here, I don't even have, I, I, I can tell you, you know the answer. If I try to leave this here, I get rambunctious, preach, move all this stuff around, even while some of our sweet ladies are cringing like, oh, don't move the flowers, don't do that. Sound men are like, oh, don't, don't unplug anything. You're moving on stuff. Don't unplug anything. If I left this stuff right here, We'd all walk back into service tonight. Brother Nykirk, when we walked in tonight, this flower pot would be right back down where it was. This, this sound, this little soundboard, what is this here? This little speaker right here, it'd be picked up, moved over, dirt would be gone, roots would probably be back out in that bed, try to make them live again. Why? People know this doesn't belong here, that don't belong here, the dirt don't belong there, and those roots don't belong under there. You know what to do. I'm not asking you if you know. I'm just telling you to do it. Go ahead and square your shoulders and say the devil is not getting my victory. I'm tired of holding on to this mess. I'm tired of putting stuff. I've got to grow and I've got to grow now. I'm tired of being offended. I'm tired of being distraught. I'm tired of being overwhelmed. I'm tired. I'm not going to get some little growth and then have no roots. I'm going to put the roots deep. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to let the roots, roots grow deep, and I'm going to let the roots grow wide. I'm going to let my roots grow deep, and I'm going to let my roots grow wide. I 
want my children to know this is who we are. I want my grandbabies to know this is who we are. I want to be a symbol of resilience. You ever get the chance to be offended working at the college? Don't lie to me. Once or twice or maybe more. How about every time you get offended, you just act like you want you just suck your thumb. Get mad. Cry about it. In fact, why don't you do something better? Why don't you go home and complain about it to your wife and let your kids hear how you feel? I'm just talking to him. He can handle it. We've worked together for a long time before I ever came here. I know your temperament enough to know it doesn't happen. You don't get through education like that. You don't work... You don't work that long in the same place. You find reasons to get offended. You allow it to spout spout and spill over into your wife. And then it's picked up by your kids. I always get nervous when little children come up and talk to me about stuff they have no business knowing. Man, I'm preaching right now. I'm trying to help somebody. Your seven-year-old cannot handle your woes. Your ten-year-old has no... They are like a seedling in the ground that you put that fencing around and you tie little ropes down and you stake them in when the winds come. Don't you touch. No, 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 no. I don't want them to know the effects of it. Stand with me. I want to be a symbol of resilience. I want to be a symbol of resilience. Amazing thing about our example, Christ, he was both the root and the branches. Oh, I don't have time to flesh this out. I preach too long as it is, but I'm going to tell you right now. Woo! You can do this. You can live for God. I'm going to help some of you right now. You can actually be happy. You can leave the past in the past. Some of you, the greatest thing in your life would be to just let it go. Some of you want to sing. The ones who didn't catch it don't get it at all. But anybody with young children is like, oh, 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 oh. Here's my final word. You need to let it go. And let it grow. You got a reason to be offended, I know. You've had people come against you for your stance on the word, and you've even questioned, well, what's truth? If, if this is truth, then how do I do? And I don't know how to balance it. I'm a... Get your eyes off people. 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 Yeah, but they did wrong. Yeah, well, you have to. Get your eyes. Get your eyes. We don't come to church for people. We love one another. We help one another. Hopefully we are like those redwoods and we, we do interlock. And we, but, 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 but we come for Him. I need, if I need anything, I need my roots. I need my roots to interlock with the root of David. I need my roots to interlock with the root of Jesse. 
Throw your hands towards heaven. I, I'm done. I want the musicians to come. I want them to get ready to sing. They're going to sing. They're going to sing. Somebody ask God, search my heart. Search my mind, Lord Jesus. If there's anything. If there's anything, oh God. 